You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Ready to go. One hour in. Best and worst of the weekend. Phone calls coming up. We'll give you hours as well. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. We say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner. Download the app and you can watch this show. You want to listen? Nearly 400 cities around America, Fox Sports Radio, iHeart Radio, and uh, spent some time with Drew Brees last hour. Uh, he's going to be celebrated on Thursday night, the Thursday night game, Bills and Saints in New Orleans. Ron Rivera, the Washington football coach, will join us coming up. He went back to Carolina, got the win. Carson Palmer will join us coming up as well. Poll question from the first hour, McLovin. Should LeBron be suspended? 84% say yes. Yeah. I'd sit him down a game. Yeah, I would. Now, I don't know when they're going to rule on this, but I would sit him down for a game with what happened in Detroit last night. And uh, Isaiah Stewart, the 20-year-old, uh, I, would, I would sit him down for at least three games, maybe upwards of five games, because he was trying to escalate this. You must leave the court in a timely fashion. And he did not. And he was going after LeBron a couple of times. The Lakers play the Knicks Tuesday night in the Garden, national TV. McLovin? Are we um, ruling on the outcome instead of the intent? Because if that sort of whatever it was, punch had landed in the midsection, we never would even notice it. It just happened to catch him in a weird way and cause all this blood. Was it really that bad of a hit? Um, well, it's LeBron, first of all. If it was, you know, a nondescript game or nondescript players, then no, we probably wouldn't have noticed it. But with LeBron, you notice everything. And there's a, a faction of the audience, fans, who are looking for anything negative with LeBron James. That's, you know, that's uncharacteristic of him to do what he did. You know, he, he's not that kind of player. But he did it. And yes, does the blood make it feel a little bit more egregious? Yeah, it does. And he can say, I didn't mean to do it, but you did it. Um, you know, is he treated differently if he said, yep, I meant to do that? But I, you, you sit him down for one game. I think that goes along with throwing a punch. You are suspended for one game. Not exactly a punch, but it, it kind of had the same effect as throwing a punch. As for Isaiah Stewart, you know, that, that cannot happen. You have accidents, guys get elbowed, you know, there are injuries, you know, accidental injuries. Um, this wasn't an accidental one, I don't think. I think LeBron meant to, you know, draw contact with him. Did he mean to draw blood? Probably not. But you're going you're gonna to have to sit him down for a game, and Isaiah Stewart, I'd do the same thing. At least three. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Peacock, the exclusive place. To binge the first three seasons of the hit drama Yellowstone, see the show everybody's talking about, catch up on all the action. The Dutton family on Yellowstone Ranch. Go to PeacockTV.com. Start streaming today. Are we going to change the poll question for the second hour? Yeah, we are working on first hour we did what was the worst loss. What was the most telling win of Sunday? Choices being the Colts win over the Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh I guess the Texans win over the Titans. Maybe not. Uh, the Vikings win over the Packers. The okay. Eagles win over the Saints. Back in playoff picture. Uh, 
maybe you put the Bengals win over the Raiders. I don't know if that the Raiders are still all together, but they're back in the playoff picture. Well, you got to put the Chiefs in there. And then the Chiefs, yeah, no, the Chiefs and the Cardinals, the sort of the big wins. Because this is the best offense in football. And the best offense in football got shut down. And, you know, the fact that you got that kind of defense from the Chiefs, I mean, that's what makes them scary. That it's just like Dallas. Because Dallas had, hit, you know, one of the worst defenses in the history of the game. And all you needed is, can you get it to your just average? That's all you're asking for Dallas. Their defense, just be average here. Because your offense is going to be so great. Well, the offense got shut down. That defense is still really good. And you got some playmakers there. You know, Diggs and Parsons. Uh, Randy Gregory has been good. And to be able to do that to Kansas City and Kansas City, that's... So you can take some small victories away from that, that your defense got to Mahomes, and, and he did not throw a touchdown. But the offense is what you have to, now you reevaluate of how could they possibly shut us down? Or did we shut ourselves down? That was, I think, the big surprise is it was supposed to be a shootout. Over-under was 55 and a half, and you end up 19 to 9. The Vikings, you know, they're, I'm not surprised. I thought that they would take one of the two games with Green Bay. Green Bay would beat the Bears twice, Lions twice, and they would split with the Vikings. And the Vikings, the Vikings are almost the Midwest version of the Raiders, where you go, hey, yeah, they got some, they got some talent here. And then all of a sudden you watch them and you go, wait, what happened? And the same with the Raiders. Say goodbye to the Raiders. The Vikings are there. They're kind of hanging in there. But it feels like everybody is a game out or two games out of a playoff spot. Everybody is in contention. Unless you're the Detroit Lions or the Jets or the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, boy. When Pete Carroll was up there on the podium and, man, he was chewing nails. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm done. And then he had to come back. He apologized. You know, it's like, hey, this losing gets to me. And you could tell it was getting to him in the moment that he didn't want to answer questions. But you start to look at what is a bigger picture here with Seattle. And, you know, they might go, hey, everything's okay. Although you did give up your first round draft pick. You got Jamal Adams there. Um. Russ going to want to be around for this? They going to want Russ around for this? Uh, all right, so we'll get phone calls, uh, best and worst of the weekend. We'll give you ours as well. The NFL is supposed to be all about passing. And as a result, defenses have gotten smaller and faster. And I thought a couple of years ago, somebody will eventually take advantage of this, that you will lead with a running game. You'll lead with force because – Everybody is smaller and quicker because you want to be able to cover these wide receivers and get to the quarterback. Well, at some point, somebody's just going to go, as the Titans have. We're going to run the football. Let's see if you can stop us. And they pass just enough to keep you honest. Well, the Indianapolis Colts have a great offensive line, and they have a great running back in Jonathan Taylor. They ran over the Bills. And the Bills are supposed to have a good run defense. 41-15. Eagles ran for over 200 yards against the Saints. They got the win. Even though you had modest stats passing-wise from Jalen Hurts, the Browns covered for a struggling Baker Mayfield with a strong effort from running back Nick Chubb. 
The Bengals rode Joe Mixon to a convincing win over the Raiders. And then the one team who's had that rushing success, the Titans, they fell apart. They lost to the Texans because they couldn't control the ball on the ground. It's a passing league, but that doesn't mean that you can't win by running the football. And that's what makes the playoffs so interesting is you have that one game, that standalone game, you have to get ready for something that you normally don't get ready for. And that is going to be that running game. And the Colts, with that running game, you know, they have a good defense. Carson Wentz only completed 11 passes. But, you know, he got hit once. That was it. So if that's the blueprint, the Colts are going to take that. And it feels like there's an opening here for them. And they played well. Yeah, McLevin. Do you feel like Patrick Mahomes is settled into this role where he takes what the defense gives him? Because I worry that the Chiefs are too mistake prone. If you, if, yeah. Unless they get those chunk plays, they cough the ball up more than anybody. Yeah, they do. And then you had the taunting penalty. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He pointed at a defender as he was going into the end zone. Okay, throw the flag. You know what the rules are. You may not like the rule, but that's the rule. Change the rule. But while it's here, don't taunt. That's it. You're told not to taunt. If you're going to point at somebody, you're taunting. And I'm going to flag you on it. Yeah, Paul. Rules that make no sense bother me. I don't mind rules, but it is a dead ball foul that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire taunt, yeah. even though he was at the four-yard line, and the play is still ongoing. <laughs> but it's a de- it ha- So technically, to them, it happened after the play. <laughs> but we can all agree that the NFL is over-officiating. They're, they're, they're doing too much, and they're taking away something. And, you know, look, Sean Payton of the Saints said that last week. Like, they're doing too much. It's like you don't call holding on every play, but you can. You don't call pass interference on every play, but you can. When it comes to taunting, just make it where it's really bad or embarrassing. No? Yeah, Seaton. There was a roughing call that went against the Vikings that really bugged me. Because you're sort of like teaching these dudes, like changing the way they can tackle and saying like, hey, look at who you're tackling or whatever, that kind of thing. And I forget who it is, but they go in on Aaron Rodgers, and it's face-to-face is the contact, right? It's like face mask to face mask, and that was roughing for hitting in the head. Even though the dude, he's trying to tackle him standing straight up. He's trying to do it the way you're asking him to do it, and their face is touched. It just feels like there should be a difference between the face-to-face hit and the crown of your helmet hit. Well, you know, when you call it roughing the passer, you have to rough the passer I would think, to be guilty of roughing the pen. There has to be something that's less than that. Like a five-yard penalty. It's like if you go in and try to block the punt and you run into the punter or you're accidentally blocked into the punt, whatever it is, you know, let me, let me change that definition there because it feels like these defenders have no idea what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do. Plus, it's a penalty and it's going to be with Aaron Rodgers involved and, you know, they might be trying to protect a little bit more in a situation like that. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had 185 and four touchdowns running, also a receiving touchdown. So that's uh, consecutive games with at least 100 scrimmage yards as he uh, ties Ladanian Tomlinson and Lydell Mitchell, Lydell Mitchell back in the 70s. 
He also, you know, scoring five or more touchdowns in a single game. Clinton Portis and Gail Sayers are the only two who have been able to do that. Uh, let's see. A couple more phone calls in here. Al in Atlanta. Hi, Al. What's on your mind today? Morning, Dan. Morning, Al. Uh, best of the weekend was just all the upsets in the NFL. Like, it was great. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Every every game really counts, and it's keeping everybody in the playoff picture. I'm loving it. And my worst is being so done with denial and angry, I'm too bitter to enjoy any of it. Just, I'm done. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. I, I, the World Series honeymoon's over, and I'm back with my Atlanta partner who's just going to keep teasing me and nothing's ever going to be like it was five years ago. Keep your head up, Al. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> the Falcons are four and six. They're two and a half games out of first in the 17 game season, but it feels like they're done, done. Not the done, but the double done. You're right. You're right. It's They have not scored a touchdown in back-to-back games. I think they've been outscored 68 to three. Does that sound right? Yeah, and they've been outscored by 110 points on a season, and they're in only a couple teams like that. Houston, Jacksonville, and the Jets are in that category. We'll take a break. We'll give you our best and worst of the weekend. More phone calls coming up as well. It's 14 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Discover the Discover credit card, and you are going to find out that Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. That's discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Best and worst of the weekend. We'll give you ours. I went to see the movie Belfast. And uh, it's about... Northern Ireland in uh, the late 60s and uh, the civil unrest, the troubles. Sounds cheery. It's it's so well done. And uh, the star of the movie is the little boy who it's you're, you're seeing the struggles there, the Protestants and the Catholics, and you're seeing that war through his eyes. And Kenneth Branagh is uh, the writer, director. It's. This little boy is unbelievable. And if they put him up for best supporting actor, if he doesn't win, it'd be a crime. You know, just go to the, you know, some of the dialogue is hard to understand because it's a little thicker accent. And, uh, you know, sometimes you pick out like one out of every three words, but the way it's shot and this little boy is spectacular. Yeah, McLovin. Vegas, you can bet on the uh, Academy Award winner, and Belfast is like the heavy favorite right now. I mean, that's just Vegas. Well, this is a movie that it feels like the Oscars would fall in love with. Uh, the way it's shot, uh, the little boy, um, you know, it's, 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 it's well done. Really interesting. Do you, uh, you have a movie review? Yeah, so I saw King Richard uh, with Will Smith starring as Richard Williams, mm-hmm. and I really liked it. But it, I saw it was a really polarizing reaction afterwards because there were a lot of journalists who said this is not 
the real Richard Williams. Yes. Like this is a sugar-coated version because Serena Williams produced the, I, I, I think Serena, but the Williams family yes. produced the movie. Yeah. So it's kind of like The Last Dance or Man in the Arena where they can to- totally control the narrative. But they, Will Smith did show some negative uh, aspects of Richard Williams. He was very overbearing. He made some mistakes. But by the end, I was ready to run through a wall for Venus Williams because it was so inspiring. Uh, just, you know, like she didn't she didn't have access to the same kind of training until oh, she was yeah. much older yeah. and just destroyed everybody and Serena, too. Yeah, I heard mixed reviews on it just based on, you know, it, you know it's supposed to be based on a true story. Well, it's based on a true story. It's not a true story. And I think that they took some liberties there with maybe trying to smooth out the rough edges of, of Richard Williams. But their story cannot be understated. I mean, what they went through, how they, you know, you, you're in Compton. And everything that's going on around these two girls. And that he was determined that they were going to be almost like Tiger Woods' father. Like, you know what? You're going to be great in a, in a rich person's sport. And Tiger's father was relentless with Tiger at an early age. Um, you know, he didn't grow up in inner city like the Williams sisters did. But, I mean, just getting out and playing on the pro tour, you would think, would be incredible. But then Serena became the greatest tennis player, female tennis player of all time. And, and Venus was a great player as well in her own right. Yeah, McLovin. But how often does it work when a parent has this plan to make my kid? When you hear that, oh, this, my kid's going to be a pro or best ever, what's your usual reaction? Todd Marinovich's father, Marv, the former USC quarterback and played for the Raiders. And, and, it, and it looked like it was going to work for a little while. Jennifer Capriotti is another name. And it worked for a while. And... You know, a lot of times you miss out on your childhood. At the time, you don't know what you're missing out on. And, and Tiger missed out on a, a regular childhood and how to interact with people and, and have friends. And, you know, he, he had to be singularly driven to being the greatest. And that's what his father wanted. And he wanted to please his father. And a lot of times that's what happens with a young athlete. You're listening to your father or your parents They want you to be great. Well, of course, they know better, right? They're your parents, but they don't always know. And you've seen you've seen some of those stories, but there are so many more stories where it didn't go well. Yeah, Paul. Do you think it's going to ease up or it has eased up like uh, parents being that kind of maniacal parent that pushes their kid to be an all time great? It seems like in these days that wouldn't play as well. Yeah, I don't. My kids don't play high end sports, but when I see the dads who are overly intense, they don't get good reviews from other parents. And, but is, isn't that what is maybe necessary to have an all-time great? Well. Like, I don't, I don't know the answer. I, I think it's, it's more an individual case by case because I've seen where it works, where somebody is there. You know, those parents who take their kids who have travel hockey. I mean, that is a commitment. Up early, ice time, always early in the morning, weekends, uh, you know, travel soccer weekends, you're gone. Travel basketball, you're gone. I always, you know, when parents ask me about raising my kids, I said, you know, I wanted them to play as many sports as possible. I didn't want them to be focused on one. I wanted them to have a break from that. And, you know, that would be my advice to parents. 
that just let him play. Let him let him know what it's like to have fun. Not you got to be great. Go back out there. You know, a lot of kids will be just driven themselves to go out there. And that's what you want to find out. You want to know, are you do you want this? Do you want to be great? And if you do, then I'll help you be great. But when you put them out there and they don't want to be great or they just want to have fun. And that's where you have the disconnect. Yes, Eden. Yeah, there is that like fine line of of pushing versus like nurturing. You know what I mean? And where you get, do you tip one way or the other? Because you can just like support your child and what they're doing. But then if you start being critical or something like that, you know, now you're pushing. It's a very fine line. I didn't understand it. And and this was with my son. And I just thought, you got to want to play all the time. You got to want to be great. And, and, and my wife said, he's, he's not like you. I, I'm in the kitchen. Broke my heart because like, like, I didn't get it. I wanted my son to be driven. Like, I'd be out there in the snow. I'd cut off the fingertips on my gloves so I could shoot basketball. I'd shovel the snow. Like, I, I was maniacal. Maniacal. And I just, my son, that's not how he's wired. And my wife goes, he's, he's not like you. And I go, what do you mean? Like, I'm, what do you mean? He's not. He, he doesn't, that's not how he competes. And it was great that she told me that because I was expecting him to be something. Hey, you're Dan Patrick's son. And, but he's so brilliant in other things that I couldn't be. And, but to understand that at a young, at a younger age for him was really beneficial because that would have been something that can kind of have a divide in your, your relationship with your children. Yeah, Paul. I always wonder how someone like Kobe Bryant is developed because his dad played pro basketball and probably was well off financially. Generally, McLeod would know better than me, but Kobe wasn't trying to get out of something. He had financial means to have a decent life without basketball. How do you have that much drive when your livelihood doesn't depend on it? Well, Tom Brady. Steph Curry. Tom Brady still has it. Yeah. That, to me, is more fascinating. Someone who's no longer working for the money. No, that. but that's where... What can get you a certain place can also be a detriment. Like, I'm so competitive that you don't enjoy. And then you try to understand how, can I enjoy this? You, you don't, because you keep going, keep going, keep going. You can't stop. And, you know, Kobe never wanted to just stop. Uh, Tom doesn't want to stop. They, they just, that's, that's who they are. Michael Jordan is still competing in business. Tiger, Tiger was out there with his surgically repaired body hitting golf balls over the weekend. I mean, Tiger's worth a billion. He's out there trying to play golf. You can't turn it off. That's, that's good, but it's also bad. Yes, he. Well, I think a lot of that goes back to what you were just saying earlier, too, about you have to love it. Yeah. You ha- it has to start there, right? And yeah. then you have to want the ball in your hand. You have to want the ball at your feet. You have to want, you know, all of that stuff where you're just a kid sort of obsessed with it. And that eventually, for some people, like the ultra elite, develops into this obsession with being the best. Yeah. You have to have it. You know, you just, you, you can't sort of go in. They're, they're very gifted athletes. But those who want to be great, on top of already having the physical talents, that's where you get legendary status. That's where you get goat status. And like Michael Jordan could never turn this off. Michael never went into a game and goes, eh, just go through the motions. He, he couldn't do it. 
Bird couldn't do it where you're just kind of going, eh, no big deal. They they have to win, but they it's not winning, it's dominating. And there are certain athletes who have it, and then you put their physical abilities on top of that, and that's where you have something that is really, really rare. Yeah, McLovin. They mentioned something last night in the Chargers-Steelers game that you just said, that Justin Herbert played three sports his entire life, sometimes four. Yeah. But uh, I guess the trend is to specialize, so you, you don't think that's a good idea. Well, I would want to avoid burnout because I got to the point where I stopped playing football, stopped playing baseball, and I only wanted to play basketball. And in retrospect, I wish I would have continued to play at least baseball. But you, in your mind, go, if, if I'm going to get out of this small town and get a scholarship, I'm only going to get it by playing basketball. But, you know, you've seen a lot of these players who – quit the sport, you know, LeBron, Allen Iverson, great, you know, could have been great football players. Iverson, spectacular quarterback. LeBron, you know, they at some point you go, this is this is my college degree. This is my major. This is what I'm, gra- I'm going to be summa cum laude. You know, not everybody can do it, wants to do it, but there is this, I'm going to want, I want you to specialize in something. And in retrospect, I wish that I would have played different sports to give me a break so I was even hungrier when I went back for basketball. Yes, Eden. Rick, because there's this mindset of like, what do you mean you're taking the winter off? How <laughs> uh, You're missing out on 50,000 touches, you yeah. know, and like everybody's going to be so much further ahead of you in the spring after the fall because you took the whole winter off, you know? Yeah. And peer pressure. And getting on a traveling team, and then if you don't want to be on the traveling team, then you're not going to get on the traveling team next year. And, and, and you know, it becomes, you know, almost fraternal that the parents and they socialize and then you travel and then, you know, it's everything to do with your children. Yeah, McLevin. In football, the thing with quarterbacks, some quarterbacks can slide really well because they played baseball. Yeah. And some, I, Herbert, I guess, was sliding well last night and they mentioned his baseball background. But you have these seven-on-seven, seven, you know, camps, and, you know, it's, it's there. If you want it, you can find it uh, to have your personal trainer, uh, you know, nutrition, your diet, all of these things. It just depends on – and sometimes the parent is more driven because the parent didn't succeed, and therefore they want to live vicariously through their children. And, you know, that's where – because then you want your son or daughter to go out there because, well – I would be out there. They may not be wired that way. That's why it's always great. Listen, listen to your wife. She always seems to have better advice. Somehow, she always has better advice for me. Uh, a couple more phone calls here. Best and worst of the weekend. Tim in Maryland. Hi, Tim. What's on your mind today? Hey, DP. Thanks for taking my call. 64305. My best of the weekend is my Colgate Raiders hanging a cool hundred on the Cuse in the Dome on Saturday for their first win in almost 60 years over the Orange. Uh, Matt Langle's built uh, quite a good program there in Hamilton, New York. Uh, people should uh, take a look at them. Uh, 20 games time, so that was, uh, that was a great win for the, for the Raiders. Uh, worst would be Oregon going up to Utah and laying a big old egg. Everybody wants to complain about the East Coast bias, and then a West Coast team gets a chance and just never seems to uh, be able to perform. Yeah, we wondered about that. Thank you, Tim. 
We wondered about that with Oregon. You have this huge win against Ohio State at Ohio State. And then all you got to do is just play clean football. Just win. Win and you're going to be in the Final Four. Not anymore. Yeah, Paul. I thought he's kidding about that. Syracuse lost to Colgate. Col- your Colgate squad put 100 on, on the Qs in the dome? Mm. Dang. Yeah, McLovin. It's really my Colgate team. <laughs> you know I spent every summer of my life in Hamilton, New York, because my mom was from there. So, And I was born in Syracuse. It's, that was kind of my thing. So at Colgate is your team or Syracuse is? Or yeah, exactly. Or, or is Dartmouth your team? And Dartmouth, too, because they're good this year. Why You're, you're the phoniest fan I know. Because you'll come in and you go, oh, I got uh, free gear from the Bucs. I'm a Bucs yeah. fan. Or yeah. uh, 76ers. No, I don't like the 76ers anymore. Or the Eagles. I don't like them. Oh, the Eagles won. I love the Eagles. I'm back on the Eagles. You're like, you're like nine years old. I rooted for the Bears this week. I was Andy Dalton got in the game. Oh, my God. And that was a win that they stole from us. You know, can we get... Can we? Be... That was a win they stole from us, he just said. <laughs> my Bears. Can we move past the fascination with Justin Fields? Can we just move past that? Because he's going to struggle. He's played one quarter of good football. That's it. Whenever he throws an incomplete pass... It must have been Matt Nagy play calling. Correct. Right? Yes. Right? <laughs> so it's never on Justin Fields. When, 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 he does, when he gets sacked, then they, they blame the GM because he didn't draft the right people. Pace didn't like, get some linemen like, in to protect the new guy. Come on. Can we stop with this? Uh, no. Justin Fields might turn out to be a great quarterback. But just be honest, when you watch him play, he, he might have one or two plays where you go, Wow. He's had one quarter of quality football, it feels like. Yes, he. But the reason it's not Justin Fields' fault is because it was Mitch Trubisky's fault. <laughs> he got blamed for everything. Like, this guy sucks. Let's get him out of town. Like, he's terrible. Let's just start over. And now he got the same coach and the same crap is happening. It's like, oh, wait. How many super high draft you know, quarterbacks can we draft and have the exact same results? Maybe it's not them. Yes, Todd. And you have an organization, a fan base, that wants to believe so badly after all these years of not having a good quarterback. This has to be the one. We have to we keep saying it out loud. It'll come to fruition somehow that he's the quarterback for the future. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Gus in Los Angeles. Hey, Gus. Best and worst of the weekend. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Patrick. Hey, um, yeah, best and worst came, came from the Steelers game last night. Uh, worst of the weekend is that Steelers offense. The only reason why they were in that game was because the Chargers kept shooting themselves in the foot, and uh, that defense is just great, even without all the starters going at it. And the best of the weekend is there any denying that Steeler Nation is the greatest <laughs> traveling fan base in the NFL? I'll tell you what, man. I was, like, sitting there at, like, 2 o'clock. I'm like, you know what? I, I can drive down and go to the game. I'm watching the game, and I'm like, no, it's good. They've got enough Steeler fans there. They turned SoFi from SoFi into Hines, and it was just sad. Just furthers the argument that the Chargers should have never left San Diego. You boys have a great Thanksgiving weekend. Thank you, Gus. Steeler Nation travels. Because it felt like that was a Steeler home game. Yes, Eden. And there's there's a lot of Steelers fans. Yes, there are. A lot. But, you know, if you factor in when they won, so mid-70s, mid to late 70s, 
It's like the Packer fans were a little bit older because they dominated back in the late 60s. You did have, you know, Favre winning a Super Bowl. The Cowboys, when the Cowboys were dominating, you know, you had them like two different periods, but most notably in the early 90s with Jimmy Johnson. So then you take that and you go, okay, 30 years later, then you have kids and then those kids, or let's say in the 70s that your dad rooted for the Steelers and then you're going to root for the Steelers. And But back then, you didn't necessarily root for a team that wasn't in your area. You know, you were very territorial. But the Cowboys were different because you had the cheerleaders, the uniforms, the stadium, everything about that was, it was different. Uh, the Steelers... You know, that was just a unique situation where you had the best defense I ever saw, and you had all these great offensive players as well, a Hall of Fame coach. They played tough. They played in Pittsburgh. You know, almost to become a by-proxy fan of some of these teams, like the Niners. Like, you, you couldn't help but be fascinated by what they did and how they did it with Montana there and Rice, you know, Super Bowls. Steve Young comes in. And, and as a result, you're seeing what greatness is. And normally your team is not going to be able to compete on a consistent basis. They're not great on a consistent basis. I mean, look at the Bears. Bears won a Super Bowl. And the Bears won a Super Bowl. That's it. That was 36 years ago. But you get these teams that it just feels like the organization is not cursed, that they're great. Now, the Cowboys... It feels like that's been mismanaged for such a long time. But they did have their run where people were Cowboy fans. Yeah, McLovin. Not me, but we. Uh, I grew up in Philly, and one out of every ten kids was a Cowboys fan. Isn't that interesting? Did you have that too? Yeah, because, you know, you get the starter jackets, and guys would, you know, have Cowboy starter jackets on. But you, you didn't root for another team that wasn't in your area. Todd did, but Todd's phony. I did, and I almost got beat up in high school because in 86 I was rooting for the Astros to beat the Mets and the Broncos to beat the Giants that year, and it did not go well for me. That's not the only reason you were going to I'm sure there's other reasons yeah. why people wanted to push yeah. me down a flight of steps or something. Yes, Paul. The other thing is these fan bases from the North. If you're a Packer fan, a Bears fan, a Steelers fan, you circle the schedule and you say, oh, we're playing in Las Vegas, we're playing in Los Angeles, there's our vacation. Go see a game and spend a week in L.A. or a week in Arizona. We'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. We'll hear from Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis on what happened last night in Detroit. Take a break back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanksgiving night, it'll be Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills going to New Orleans to battle the New Orleans Saints. Thanksgiving night, 8 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Update the poll results, McLevin. What was the most convincing win of this weekend? And it's actually a surprise, the Colts over the Bills. Okay. And then the second one was the Vikings over the Packers. Okay. 
Then third was the Chiefs. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought the Chiefs was interesting in how they won. You run the ball, good defense, shut down the best offense in football. But, you know, the Colts are back in the mix now. And I think we're looking at Buffalo a little bit differently than we did, uh, let's say, a month ago. You had the big moment last night in Detroit where uh, LeBron James elbowed Isaiah Stewart. This is how it sounded on Spectrum Sportsnet. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Stewart and LeBron. Stewart is hot. And everybody's coming off now. Now, this is ridiculous. Yeah, he must have caught an elbow or something, but... Oh, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of blood streaming from the side of the eye. Look, here goes Stewart! <laughs> yeah, I think he's a little upset. You've got coaches, you've got security guys. Look at Dwayne Casey's like, just calm down. It doesn't sound that bad with that call, but it was. It had the potential of getting out of hand. So you have him being held back a couple of different times, and he wants a piece of LeBron James. And then is not going to leave the court in a timely fashion. Therefore, I think that he'll be uh, probably suspended a game or two. LeBron, if they want to suspend him, they'd have every right, I think, because while it's not a I'm throwing a punch, it's still closed fisted and it was to the back or you know, to the side of his head. Isaiah Stewart's head. And it draws blood, therefore it uh, draws more critiques here. And will they suspend LeBron? Will the commissioner suspend LeBron? Knicks and the uh, Lakers coming up tonight, or tomorrow night at the Garden. Yeah, Paul. Any chance the league tries to semantics LeBron out of a suspension by saying it wasn't a punch? Because some people think it was a swing of an arm. So that Use that phrase. Some people use the phrase punch. But his fist is closed. I agree. Now, what is the definition of a punch? If this was MMA, if this was UFC, and you did a backhand, that'd be a punch. Yes, Eden. Well, I think the league is going to be forced to suspend him. Because at first I was like, I don't know if he really needs to be suspended. But you have you can't allow the precedent of accidentally yeah. catching somebody in the face with a backswing like that and be like, oh, I didn't mean it. It's just like the one with LeBron. You have to... Nip that in the bud. Yes, Tom. And you got to do something to discourage that kind of careless act where you're just wildly swinging your arm, regardless of what kind of you know injury he wanted to uh, put on him. That's you can't have that because then guys could be constantly just flailing their arms, banging into someone's face. Anthony Davis, the Lakers forward, had this to say after the game. You know, everyone in the league knows Brown not a dirty guy. He looked back at him and told him, "Oh, my bad. I didn't try to do it." But in recent basketball, you got cut above your eye, accidental, like you know, it wasn't <clears throat> on purpose. And you know, we wasn't, we wasn't gonna allow him to keep charging our our brother like that. Like I don't know what he was trying to do, but we wasn't gonna allow that. And we just wanted to get the win for him. Here's Russell Westbrook finding out after the game that he got a technical. What did the officials say that you were assessed a technical for? Who got a tech? You did. You did. I got a tech? Oh, wow. Why'd I get a tech? I didn't know I had a tech. Maybe the escalate. Wow. That's interesting. Well, you know, this is being Russell, I guess. 
Russ, have, have you been able to talk to LeBron um, since since the game ended, or, or him? What was his reaction to the win? No, I have. I'm still trying to figure out how the hell I got a tech. It's crazy. <laughs> He's looking at the stat sheet and didn't realize that he got teed up there. There are a lot of people in that scrum, and he got teed up. I don't know if anybody else did, but uh, Russell Westbrook did. All right, best and worst of the weekend. Todd, I'm going to start with you. Best of the weekend, Ohio State wide receiver Chris Olave helps the Buckeyes crush Michigan State at the Horseshoe Saturday. Seven catches, 140 yards, two TDs, breaks David Boston's record for career touchdowns at Ohio State with 35. Worst of the weekend, Texans, an eight-game losing streak. Titans, a six-game winning streak. Heading into Sunday's game in Nashville, Texans didn't have a road touchdown since mid-September. Tennessee gets my worst of the weekend, befuddled by Tyrod Taylor and a team who had been 1-8. and eight. McLovin. My best is going to be Jalen Hurts. Over the last five weeks, is the number one ranked QB in the league in QBR. Pretty good. Uh, my worst is actually going to be a roundabout way, Mac Jones and the Patriots. Because everyone thought they were awesome because they blew out Atlanta. Look what happened to Dallas after they blew out Atlanta. 43 points down to nine points. Uh, so the Patriots are going <laughs> to not do well next week. That makes no sense. But I'm just saying I was so fooled by the Atlanta game in Dallas that uh, maybe Atlanta being bad is why these other teams look good. Okay. You're on record now. You're all in on Jalen Hurts, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Couldn't be more. Okay. No turning back. You're all in on Jalen Hurts. No. How long till I can turn back? Like three years from now? Two years. Yes. Seton O'Connor. Best and worst. Uh, my worst of the weekends, Michigan State. Good grief. Mm. Got to show up mm. at least a little bit. Mm. Uh, my other worst of the week, I'm going double worsts, although I'm not being necessarily negative. Brock Purdy, uh, one, he got hurt, which is really unfortunate, right? Uh, uh, Ohio State's quarterback, uh, excuse me, Iowa State's quarterback. But he is one of the most fascinating quarterbacks to watch ever because there's one play, it's like the most remarkable thing you've ever seen where you're like, oh my God, how the hell did he just do that? And the very next play is like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> it is the most, it is a roller coaster ride of emotions watching that young man quarterback. Paulie? Uh, worst was Michigan State. Best of the weekend, got to see some college football in person. Went to the Yale Bowl in New Haven for Harvard versus Yale. 50,000 attendants. The good news was Yale scored two late touchdowns to take the lead in this great game. Unfortunately, with 37 seconds left, uh, are they allowed to drive six plays, 66 yards, 37 seconds to lose the game with 22 seconds. Cameron in Indiana. Hey, Cameron. Hey, y'all. Hey, so my best of the weekend would be Indy getting that win over Buffalo. Uh, worst of the weekend is IU losing, and that's how you know we're getting back to normal because IU sucks again. All right. And uh, I also I have another question for y'all. Uh, out of the, uh, both conferences, out of the seven seeds right now in the playoffs, uh, who's going to be on the outside looking in at the end of the season? Oh, I didn't. Well, who? Give me who you're talking about. Oh. Uh, so right now, I'd say Pittsburgh for the AFC, but you could go Pittsburgh, Titans, or Buffalo. And uh, NFC, I'd say that's still completely open. I don't know. All right. Well, thank you, Cameron. I'd have to take a closer look at it. Seven of the Steelers' last eight games are teams with winning records. Something to file away. What the heck has happened at Cleveland Browns, by the way? You barely beat the Lions? Final hour coming up. One more item. We close out hour two. Thanksgiving week. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, 
has your chance to gobble up some winnings. New customers can play free for millions with their first deposit. Nothing goes better with your turkey stuffing pie than feasting on big cash prizes from DraftKings. So you don't want to sleep on this offer. Playing daily fantasy football is simple. You pick that lineup. Get your star, stay under the salary cap, score enough points to bring home cash, and a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. You'll have another reason to be thankful this year. DraftKings, safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Make sure you download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code PATRICK. Play for free for millions this Thanksgiving weekend. That's right. Promo code Patrick. Get a free shot at millions in total prices with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. 